You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. The nearest to us, Beyond Delight ran up behind them. Better Eclipse up to act now. Beyond Delight getting through. A three-way thriller. Better Eclipse took the lead. It is Better Eclipse in front just from Beyond Delight. Better Eclipse has won the Kilmore Cup. Better Eclipse As we said yesterday, that was the Kilmore Cup last Friday night. It was dominated by those horses on the pegs. Chris Barsby's about to speak to the gentleman that drove Better Eclipse to that victory there on uh, Friday night, and that is Greg Sugars. Good morning, Chris. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, as we spoke yesterday about the Kilmore Cup, uh, Peg dominated in many ways and uh, Better Eclipse coming out on top. So he's full steam ahead towards next week's Victoria Cup. That free-for-all field has been confirmed. It will take place on Saturday night at Albion Park. It features both Leap to Fame and Hot and Treacherous, Steve. But connections are still still a bit coy whether or not they're going to make that trip. They want to get through this race on Saturday night first before they confirm or can a possible trip to Melbourne for the Victoria Cup. So it's going to be interesting. If he was mine, um, I wouldn't want to go. <laughs> um, just because, you know, you, that means you've got to back up within the space of a week, get on a plane, go around in that race, potentially a tough run with a view to his main target, which is in the Dominion Series in Brisbane in December, so which kicks off, what, the first or something. So anyway, he's a tough horse. Mm. He can do it, I'm sure. But I'm just saying, I think yeah. a lot of people, um, well, a lot of... You know, um, maybe Grant will think it out, but um, plus they've got to organise a plane and the cost and all that. But anyway. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. And there's a big difference in prize money between the Victoria yeah. Cup and the Inter-Dominion. Yeah. The Inter-Dominion worth a lot more than the Victoria Cup. Yeah, all I'm saying is I wouldn't want to jeopardise his ch chances in Brisbane by taking him down there on the back. Yeah. Greg Sugars is with us now. Well, I'm sure Greg Sugars is hoping that they don't make the trip to Melbourne next week with a leap to fame. That's one less he's got to worry about with Better Eclipse and he's online with us. Greg, good morning. Congratulations as well. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. Uh, that's one that you probably hope, you know, they, they just stay here in, in Brisbane and you don't have to worry about next week leap to fame? Yeah, absolutely, no. Just let them know the weather's no good down here either, so that's another factor <laughs> that I... They'd be much better off staying up there, I reckon. On a serious note, uh, the, the weather down there at the moment is atrocious. How are you guys coping there? You're at uh, well, not far from Bacchus Marsh. So how are you guys holding up? Yeah, pretty good actually. Um, yeah, yesterday was probably the worst of it. Um, today hasn't been too bad, but as I say, the say that the light uh, shower of rain is sort of rolling in now. So um, yeah, not ideal conditions, obviously. To prepare horses for these good races but um yeah we're still getting through them all right greg it just worked out perfectly didn't it the other night at kilmore you were able to follow out act now and ended up right behind that horse it was just a great scenario for yourself wasn't it, that feature race yeah absolutely um like it looked looked that way on paper but as we know it doesn't always eventuate how it looks on paper um and yeah he, he's a horse like many racing at that level just sort of need a bit of good fortune at, at some stage um in the run and um yeah we got it on saturday night that's your second Kilmore Cup. Uh, you remember your first, naturally. Yeah, absolutely. Soho Tribeca. Um, it was a great war um, with Shadow Sacks and, and got the job done there. So um, no, I'm pretty pleased to uh, have another um, 
another uh, horse with uh, my name alongside it mm. on the honour roll. Greg, we did a tribute last Friday when Chris was away to the Knight family, particularly Vin, you know, with those stars and popular arm and the two Kilmore Cups. But as I said last week when I was talking to Michael Stanley, you must think of the Knights when you go or when you win this race like you did on Friday night. Yeah, absolutely. No, look, it's probably not, it's not the biggest race on the calendar anymore, but once upon a time it it was held in such high high regard and um you know the honor roll um you know shows that the the, the good the depth of horses and the quality of horses that have won that race over the years um just shows it's always been a good horses race and um certainly one that um i'm proud to be a part of well you got the bragging rights now as far as the family's concerned because it was one all between yourself and your dad ross you go one up now so it's two one did you let him know about that <laughs> no i didn't he was the first one uh first text message that came through after I checked my phone after the race that uh, congratulate me so I'm sure it meant, meant just as much to him maybe even more uh, more than me so certainly a race that um, that I'd always wanted to win growing up because of dad um, so yeah he, he, he was he was proud and so was I yeah, absolutely. A legend of the sport, Ross Sugars. Now, just with this victory, uh, not sort of downplaying what you achieved with Soho Tribeca, but this is extra special, the fact that it's you and your wife, Jess, that prepare this guy. And when you look at his record, he's getting closer to a million dollars now in earnings, uh, Greg, and he's been an absolute star. He'd won one race before he joined Lara J. He's now the winner of 16 races. It's just been a remarkable ride with Better Eclipse. Yeah, phenomenal, really. Like, um, I drove him to that victory for the previous trainer and only drove him, uh, you know, maybe two or three times. But um, when the opportunity came, you know, that they were looking to send him to us, so I was quite excited about it because I thought he was, you know, going to be a horse that, that had a future, basically, at metropolitan level. I thought he could get through his grades and do that. But to go on and do what he's done and win a couple of Group 1 races and, and compete so well at... Um, you know, basically the top level um, was certainly beyond our expectations of the horse. So, um, yeah, he's he's certainly going to have a special place, or he already does have a special place in our hearts and always will. Mm. Uh, he was a first-up winner for, for you guys. Do you remember what track you took him to to score <laughs> first up with? I do. It was just up the road, a short trip to Mildura for us <laughs> <laughs> to, to win a, a, yeah, his second three-year-old, I think. <laughs> yeah, just just tell our listeners, uh, round trip, how, how long are we talking? Uh, we're talking a uh, 12-hour round trip. So, yeah, it's um, basically a uh, six-hour drive for us. So um, I was making sure we got a win first up, that's for sure. All right, well, he's certainly done that. And just looking at it long term, so we've got the Victoria Cup next week, Inter Dominion up here in Brisbane. He's already a Group 1 winner in Queensland. Uh, that's obviously a big ticket uh, item straight after the Vic Cup. Yeah, that's right. Um, not sure if you'll have another run in between after the Vic Cup. You might just uh, um, have a little freshen up and get him ready for that big trip to Queensland. But uh, yeah, that's certainly uh, number one on our uh, on our radar um, post Vic Cup. All right. Just talking about the Victoria Cup and going back to last week, the fact that you're able to get that really economical trip is that a good thing going into a Vic Cup that you're not coming out of that really hard uh, gut busting effort? I think so. Um, I think that's always the case with most horses. You know, one likes to have them sort of crucified um, too close uh, to, you know, running up again in another race that's obviously not going to be an easy assignment. So um, pleasing thing about this horse, what we have seen uh, this time around, that um, the recent racing 
uh, hasn't sort of knocked him around where probably last year um, we had to be a little bit careful how quick we backed him up. Um, but uh, as he's got older and, and he's now seasoned to that sort of racing, he's uh, he's really handling it far better than what he was sort of this time last year. Okay. If you could pick a draw next week, uh, would you say one? Oh, I think everyone likes to draw one. Um, we know he's not a, a brilliant gate speed horse, but he gets out well enough to hold his own. And um, yeah, I, I'd love to be on the fence uh, somewhere. And it all depends, I suppose, where the other main chances draw. But um, I certainly wouldn't knock that back if we uh, we did pull out the one marble. All right, here's a question for you. We know that Leap to Fame's the best horse in Queensland. Many consider him to be the best po- uh, best horse in the country. Who's the number one horse, in your opinion, in Victoria? Oh, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's a tough one. Put me on the spot. But your guy's in the uh, in the mix, isn't he? Better Eclipse, Rock and Roll Do, and then you've got the Emma Stewart horses. Is, is there something else there? Um, no, no. I'm, yeah, like I said, you've got caught me on the spot here. Um, Look, there's there's an incredible depth of horses at that level, um, but there's probably it's probably hard to um, for one to spring to mind that you think can overcome too much adversity um, at the top level racing. Um, there's yeah, there's not many horses I think here that are probably capable of having things go wrong and still thinking they're a, a realistic winning chance. But there's so many horses here with the right run that could sort of blow away any field. Um, given the right circumstances. So, um, yeah, no, I don't think I could pinpoint one one standout, no. Okay, just to give you some uh, help there, Honolulu Bay, Rock and Roll Do, In Cipher, Act Now, Better Eclipse, MacDan, Ladies in Red. Would it be one of those? Look, yeah, they're all, all very talented horses, obviously, but um, I think when you're talking this, this elite-level racing, um, like I say, that um, barrier draws and luck and running is probably dependent on any one of those horses being able to win um, your Victoria Cups into the minions and, and races of that echelon. All right. Well, leave the paces there. Let's focus on the trotters now and the number one ranked horse for the Inter Dominion. And he's going for his third series because he was placed in the uh, the Sydney series two years ago. He won it last year in Melbourne. Just believe he's back from the European trip. How's he coming along? Yeah, we're really happy with him. He's uh, he came back in you know probably better order than what we were expecting, um, which was a massive uh, positive for us. Um, yeah, he's uh, I think he's been in work roughly five five to six weeks now, so we, um, we're getting serious with him. And um, yeah, early signs are he's obviously taken no ill effect from from the big adventure, and uh, yeah, he seems to be in really good order. So if you're plotting a path towards ID 23, how many starts does he have before he gets to Brisbane? Uh, potentially just one. I'd like to try and get two into into him before then, but it may, may just have to settle for a few trials. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're loosely looking at, I think it's on the 17th of November, Breeders' Crown free for all. Um, will certainly be a, a lead-up race we're uh, planning to be in, and whether there's another one um, over the week before or after um, not 100% sure yet so um, uh, yeah minimum of one um, if we can get two into him I think that would be fantastic Have you had a look at the rankings and the norms for the Inter-Dominion series was there anything there that surprised you? Uh, no not really I've only had a, a quick glance through when they were first released um, and haven't sort of gone into it too in depth uh, at this point in time 
Okay. Not only do you have the number one ranked horse, you've got another one in the top ten and one overall. So that's a that's a big effort to have two in the top ten. Yeah, that's right. He's a very very talented horse, but unfortunately, he's not a uh, uh, you know a professional racehorse uh, like Just Believe is. But ability wise, I think he's probably every bit as good. Um, but just sometimes his uh, his ring craft lets him down, unfortunately. But um, he's a very very talented horse, so we'd love to get uh, get him up there in you know, in peak condition and uh, have his head screwed on right. Mm. Could the trip away help him? Uh, potentially. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's probably uh, remains to be seen. Um, but he's, he's uh, yeah, he's a different sort of character. Um, I don't think the travel will worry him. So sometimes a change of the scenery can um, really help those sort of horses uh, developmentally. But um, sometimes it can work against you. Okay, so you wouldn't be taking him on that European uh, trip like you did with Just Believe? No, I wouldn't think so. It's uh, <laughs> probably a bit too far to go and a bit too uh, expensive and exercised uh, to, you know, hold your breath. Okay. The, the, the boom trotter down there at the moment is this wonderful mare, Queen Elida. Are you looking forward to the next time you clash with her? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think, you know, we've had a lot of good clashes, um, you know, over the last 12 months together where we've probably had uh, the ward on her back at that point in time, but um, she seems to be progressing nicely <clears throat> as she's getting a bit older and she's probably a bit uh, a bit sharper and starting to season to this uh, you know high level of racing. So um, having said that, like you know she, they've been very smart the way she's been placed at the moment and she's beat a lot of small fields of um, without you know downgrading anyone. She probably hasn't uh, been beating the elite level horses as of yet but um, the way she's been doing it's been very very impressive so um yeah very look very much looking forward to uh, seeing how we're going to line up with her um next time around all right well she'll step out on friday night in the george gap just a couple of quick ones about friday night it's the big trotters night there at melton high step is your drive in that two-year-old trotting classic and high energy in the uh, need for speed princess final uh, both are in terrific form can they win uh, yeah, they both can, but, um, you know, it's going to be hard for both of them, I think, the way the barrier draws have fallen. Um, but, yeah, they're both quality horses. So, um, again, you know, luck in running and the way the race gets gets run is going to determine whether they're winning chances or just place chances. OK, and then Saturday night, we've got the heats of the derby, we've got the smoking up sprints of the final lead-up for the Vic Cup. Triple A, can he force his way into the Vic Cup field with a victory here? Um, yeah, look, I'd say you'd have to win to, for that to be the case. He's probably, he's run some, you know, pretty nice races in behind and running really good times this time around. But um, we're pretty realistic that, um, you know, his his best days at racing at the completely elite level are probably behind him now. But he's, um, at the end of the day, he's, he's, he's always been an opportunist, I think, at this level. And he's probably still got enough dash in his legs to, to say he is capable of mixing it with, a lot of these horses under the right circumstances, but he needs absolutely every favour to go his way. All right. As far as the derby is concerned, your driver's the real Sherlock for Mark and Nathan Purden. Uh, he slammed with a wide draw, and this is a loaded heat as well, Greg. The Lost Storm, Captain's Knock, Captain Hammerhead. They're going to make, uh, make you earn it if successful here on the weekend. Yeah, not ideal to barrier draw, but I suppose we really just have to do enough to get through. And uh, hopefully we have uh, more fortune next week. But, um, yeah, he's a very talented horse. And, you know, his, his win the other week um, was was full of merit. Um, he ran the fastest last quarter 
uh, ever recorded at Melton, and that was at the end of 2700. So he'll run the trip out, no worries. We know that, and um, I'm sure he's going to mix it right with these ones. But as you say, uh, it's a it's a very very good quality uh, group of three year olds, and um, and we've drawn poorly. So uh, if he's going to win, he's going to have to really earn it. What was the quarter? What was the time? Uh, he went 25-5. Jeez. Um, there was only one quarter ran faster in Victoria for the previous 12 months, which was Captain Ravishing, but that was on uh, at Ballarat. Uh, I think he went 25-1 that day over. It may have been the short trip. I'm not 100% sure of the distance there, but, um, yeah, it was the fastest one at Melton, so I'm told. Mm. Okay. Can you pick up an oak seat? You're driving First Dance and VMG McRae. Are they, are they capable? Uh, they are capable, um, the right run. Um, yeah, the first dance is a relatively lightly raced filly uh, and only had the one run back, but um, she's in very good order and, uh, and she's drawn quite well and she's got a bit of gate speed. So, um, yeah, I think she's probably got the slightly easier uh, heat of, of the two. Um, so, yeah, I think, um, you know, if she gets a good run in transit, um, they'll certainly know she's there. And VMG McCray is just had no luck with barrier draws of late but um she's run some very good closing sectionals um they're running the the big red final it was was super coming from last to run fifth um or sixth i think but um her individual times were, were sensational but again she's um she's going to need a fair bit of luck from uh where she'll settle all right. Well, a lot to look forward to, not only uh, this weekend, but over the next couple of weeks and months, uh, building towards ID23. Uh, Lara J Farm, currently on 76 wins for the term. Surely you crack another century season. We've just cracked uh, October now, so you've got a little bit of time. Do you break 100 wins for the season? I'd really like like to think that's the case. Um, yeah, no, we've, uh, we've had a pretty good season again and, um, you know, run, run some quality races too, so... Um, yeah, the quality has probably been higher than the previous year overall, so we're very, very proud of that fact. And yeah, if we can just keep ticking along, we'll uh, we'll be doing our best to uh, to raise the bat. You're getting the, the year. getting close to 60 Group Ones too, Greg. Yeah, that's um, yeah something I'm pretty proud of. Um, obviously, that's what we're uh, we're in this sport to try and race at the at the highest level. And yeah, I've been very fortunate enough to pick up quite a few along the way. So hopefully, there's a, another 60 in me. Steve, I'll be disappointed if you don't ask Greg about Captain Ravishing before we finish off this interview. Is there anything you need to know from Greg about Captain Ravishing, his efforts in the Eureka? Can he win well, the Victoria Cup? Eureka, what surprised me, Greg, and most of us is the gate speed that he showed that particular night, first up. Yeah, he, he's an incredibly fast horse and he's very talented and it's been well documented. They had you know, a few little issues leading along the way and it was a far from perfect um, um, you know, preparation leading into that race and to come away with third third place um, the way he did, I thought it was a phenomenal effort by everyone concerned, including the horse. So, um, yeah, he's obviously a very, very talented horse if everything stays right with him. And going first up next week. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Uh, I think the original plan was to run this week in the smoking up sprint, but um, they've obviously uh, changed tack there and just want him to know nice and fresh and ready to go next week. I didn't mention uh, him before when I was going through that list of horses in Victoria. Yeah, that's right. He uh, he should be in the mix. He's uh, he's he's very very talented. There's no doubt about it. Mm. Greg, really appreciate the time as always. Best of luck, and we'll see you up here in Brisbane sooner rather than later. No worries. Thanks, boys.
Greg Sugar's talking to Chris Barsby. Chris, just on those derby heats, I see the two faves. So you, you touched on uh, the Lost Storm. It's drawn gate one. This is for yeah. the final. So it's drawn gate one in the heat race five. And the other favourite for the final is Petrarca Stablemate. It's drawn gate six in heat four off the front. Yeah, and there's a massive difference, Steve, in the in the quality and heats as well. That first heat, which features Petrarca, uh, nowhere near the amount of depth as what that second heat possesses when you're talking about the Lost Storm, Captain's Knock, Captain Hammerhead, the real Sherlock. So they've loaded that second heat. So Petrarca, that is certainly his race to lose. And judging by the way he got through the recent uh, Vic Bread series, he should be able to... Uh, pick up that heat there on uh, on Friday night. Yeah, Lost Storms, $2 to win the final on Everest Day, of course. Victoria Cup night, the 14th, Saturday week in Petrarca's $2.25, $9 the real Sherlock, $14 about perfect class. Ben battles with us, Chris. Ben, good morning. Hey, Chris, how you going, mate? Yeah, really good, really good. You've got a number of good uh, chances tonight with runners tonight at Reclef. How do you assess the team heading trackside tonight? Uh, yeah, it's got, got a couple of favourable draws. Um, on paper, so um, hopefully we've got them ready enough and they're good enough to take advantage of it. All right, just looking at the uh, the tab fix prices, they're, they're on board with Head Noise, your first starter tonight. Race three, number one, draws the right gate. Fifth run back is tonight the night for Head Noise. Uh, let's hope so, Chris. He's um, sort of been racing well enough from, from poor draws, you know, backline draws the last couple of starts. So, um, yeah, hopefully with the improved alley tonight, um, she can be right there in the thick of it. Okay, has she got the speed to lead? I think so, Chris. Yeah, we, as I said, we've, we've sort of only had her off the back line um, since he's, she's been racing for the stable. So, gate speed's a, a little bit of an unknown, but I think she gets out quick enough to hold her own, and hopefully she can muster through and, and hold the front there. Okay, seventeen eighty. That looks tailor made. Yeah, definitely, Chris. The shorter, shorter trip and the improved barrier. Um, you know, conditions look pretty well for her there on paper. So, hopefully, she can get the right right bit of luck in running and um, can finish it off. All right. Well, that's race three, number one, Head Noise. Race four is the stable favourite. Call me Keith. He's probably down on form when you look at his numbers numerically, but is he capable of going a lot better here tonight? Yeah, definitely, Chris. I, I think, um, as you just touched on, numerically his form doesn't look brilliant on paper, but, um, you know, even his last start at, at Albion Park, he traced home Frankie Ferocious in... in pretty dazzling time. I think he's, he's personal. My rate for that race was still 152.5 himself. So, um, you know, even though his numbers don't really look that flash on paper, I think he's going a lot better than what that suggests. Are you surprised he's only won the one race this year? Yeah, definitely. He sort of got a, a long way up in class, you know, from, from last season to what he was racing to, to what he's been contesting this year. But, um, you know, he, he's He's a lovely old horse and, and gives his best every time he steps on the track. So he's probably just been a little bit unlucky with barrier draws and, and lucky in running of late. So hopefully he can bounce back into good form tonight. Yeah. Well, he's now uh, 11 wins uh, overall. He, he basically came here as a two-win horse from New Zealand, didn't he? Yeah, he's done a, a really good job, you know, um, since arriving in Australia. He, he had a real purple patch season um last year and, and really raced through his grades you know through to that that solid mark that he's on now that that's probably hurt him a little bit in the long run but um yeah he, he's been a, a great great horse for the stable that's for sure okay gate four tonight potentially could be a little sticky so what are the early indications are we going forward are we just floating out or are we going straight back how do you sort of see it 
Um, I'll sort of have to have a chat to Narissa on course tonight and, and make a bit of a plan, but um, I think we'll definitely be looking to be pretty positive out of the gate and, and put him up there in the firing line because he, he's a great front runner. You know, a lot of the, a lot of his wins in Australia have been when he's been able to get forward and get on the end, and I'm not 100% sure whether he can bully his way to that position there tonight, but um, he has one sitting parked um, for us before and... and um, at the track as well, so he'll be definitely getting put into the firing line early and, and seeing where we end up. All right. Uh, race five, another good draw here, Wandari Deline. Now, she's a beautifully bred filly. Is she a little frustrating for you? Yeah, well, she's, she's had a, a run of good barriers, actually, just of late, Chris, and hadn't been able to take advantage of them, but um, she's just sort of learning a craft a little bit. She's still a bit of a, a inexperienced green sort of three-year-old filly that um, I actually think she'll be a lot better, you know, with another good spell under her belt and, and racing next season. But, um, yeah, definitely from the from the gate tonight, we'll be looking to be pretty positive. Hopefully we can scurry through. And she hasn't been able to get through and, and hold the pylons the last couple of starts from the same draw, but we'll be doing our best to try and hunt through there and hold the front tonight. Just on that point you raised there where, um, you know, she'll probably be better with a little bit more time and maturity... Her mum, Wandari, uh, uh, Wandari Splash, she got better as she got older, so there's every chance that she'll keep improving. Yeah, definitely, Chris. Like she, She's definitely got enough high speed um, to just suggest that she's got a bit of potential there. She just sort of um, doesn't handle her race and all that well and, and just a little bit of a weak constitution-style horse. So I think with a bit of time and patience, I actually think she'll end up you know, developing into a nice enough little race mare down the track. Okay, is Chronicles the horse you fear most there drawn alongside you? Uh, yeah, there's a, a couple of horses in that race that, you know, that uh, are well and truly capable of taking it out. But um, hopefully, we can, as I said, we can scurry through and hold the top and be the one that they're chasing. All right, and then you've got to wait until the last. Race 10, they've got you there all night. Always idle lines up here in the last. Nathan Dawson takes the drive. And this is important, this one, because it's for the boss, your wife Tamara. So is always idle, second up, ready to strike. Uh, let's hope so. Chris, she was a little bit disappointing, I thought, first up. I, I thought she'd be, you know, pretty hard to beat in that race that she contested last week. And um, she was found wanting a bit in the straight, you know, the last furlong of that race. So hopefully with that run under her belt and, and the trail and draw tonight, hopefully she can be firing bullets late in the piece. All right. So which one are you most keen on tonight? Uh, I definitely think Head Noise is the, is the pick of them tonight from the improved gate front row draw. And, as you said, the short short trip definitely suits that mare. So um, hopefully, if she can, you know, bounce out in front and should take a little bit of catching. All right. How many are working at the moment? Uh, there's about 20, 23, 24 race lines here at the moment in circulation, and then there's probably another half a dozen or eight or ten um, yearlings having second and third preparations. So yeah, we've got plenty on out here at the moment, Chris. All right. Is there a trotter in the stable yet? No, nah, not as yet. We're, we're break, breaking in the trotter at the moment for, for Greg Mitchell and Grant Dixon, but um, no, nah, I still haven't got any out of you, mate. Okay, well, we'll keep working on that. Hey, really appreciate the time to this morning and good luck tonight. Good on you, Chris. Thanks very much, mate. There's Ben Battle joining us. So uh, a number of good chances. Our next guest has got a number of good chances tonight as well. Jonah Hutchison, he joins us online. Jonah, good morning. Good morning, Chris. Uh, fairly busy night for you as well, and they've got you there all night because you're in race one and you're in the last, so uh, it's a busy and long night ahead of you. Let's go with race one, number four, Favot Major. Is this a race that Favot Major can strike in? 
Yeah, definitely. Like, um, he's been racing really good. He sort of, he was sort of a bit plain last week, but he just he just hooked onto the reins like too much and over raced and and cost himself in the end. So I think think with a better sit and fall on a helmet, he'll be a lot sharper than he was the other day. Okay, it is a sticky draw gate four, and it's over the sprint trip seventeen eighty. So ideally, where would you like to land with Favot Major, or where would you like to see Page land with Favot Major? Oh, I'd definitely like to see him on a helmet this week, just because of how hard a run he had last week, and with over racing and that. But at the same time, like not just going to grab up and go straight back to last. We're going to sort of have a look and see if we can be close to him up front. Okay, let's go across to race five tonight. Mad Eye Reactor, uh, very consistent, always about the action. He's got a nice trailing draw here, two off the second row. He's well up to winning this race. I definitely think so. He's, his last couple of runs, he's been knocking on the door. He's He's been coming from behind and closing really well. So um, fingers crossed he can get a nice cut up into it and he'll, he'll definitely be thereabouts. Right, we just spoke with Ben Battle. He thinks it's a race with a few chances. How do you see it? Is there one in particular, or do you think it's fairly open? Yeah, it all depends on where horses end up, to be honest, because there's, there's so many that can win it. But um, I think if my fella can be close enough to him in that last 400, he, he's got quite a good turn of foot, so he might be able to run down the outside and get over the top of him. OK. Uh, he was third there last time out. And it was a good last half there, so there was plenty to like about that run. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think they went down the back in 28 and he's come from second last and made up probably about 20 metres. So he put up a nice last half and he's sort of just been racing really consistent. And if, if he's close enough, he'll be good enough. OK, race seven tonight, number seven, Tacker's last dance. The inside of the second row, uh, what were your thoughts on the draw? Yeah, it's a little bit tricky because the one... It, it has led in the past, but last time um, this mare come up against it, she sort of crossed it with a fair bit of ease. So I'd like to see the one get out a bit better tonight. Um, and if if she can be close, it'd be really good. But if it sort of gets out like it did last time it drew one, we, we might be buried away a bit. But she's she's got a really good last 400 in her. So if, if she can sort of work off somewhere and get herself into the race, she'll be, she'll be a nice um, check check on it tonight. Okay, she had that wide draw last time out, but how did you sort of grade that run? Was it okay? Is it, you know, par for the course? Because she did win and she was good winning two starts ago. Yeah, last run she just ended up way too far back. Um, she sort of had to come really wide, like I think she was four or five wide on the last corner, but like I drove her myself and she, she hit the line really strong and the leaders were sort of long gone, so I didn't bother pushing her too hard I sort of just let her let her hit her line on, on her own accord and she goes a little bit better for Paige so I think she'll be a lot better this week. Okay Paige has got the drive on your next runner race eight number eight tell me this class wise looks looks pretty much the best horse in this field do, do you agree with that? Yeah yeah um, he's been he's been racing well since coming back to us I think he's had two seconds and a fifth and again he was in with Tucker's last dance and they just ended up too far back um, last week and both of them hit the line good and um, his his seconds before that have been really strong so I, I can definitely see him um, going close here tonight like if if we can get a little bit of speed early um, help him finish off or even if there's that chance to sort of pop round of the chair 
he he's sort of the type of horse that's pretty tough, and he he, he likes getting up there and grinding it out. So if, if the chair's there, that might be an option for him. He's certainly got options, though, by the sound of it. You can drive him a few different ways here. Yeah, he, he's a tough and versatile horse, so he can he can sort of you can sort of send him first horse three wide, or you can take him to the chair. He's he's a pretty tough little horse. He he just takes a little bit to wind up, so he, he's better off getting moving early. All right, the last race looks a race in three here between Fancy Like Barbie, Always Idle, and Your Drive. Take courage. Uh, do you see it in a similar way? Yeah, definitely. Like all three of those horses have been knocking on the door to crack their maiden status and this this little filly of billy she's she's been getting a little bit better each week and she's starting to pick up quite a bit of form so hopefully tonight can be her night because it'd be great to see her win for billy yeah no doubt you've always uh, said that uh, uh, billy does a good job with this filly uh the fact that there's an early scratching so just the seven runners in the last that helps doesn't it yeah definitely like the smaller field it means if Coming off the second row, if if the front line decide they all want to go forward, you're still going to not end up too far back because it's only a smaller field. So, yeah, right, well, it plays out. Yeah, well, you've got some good chances there tonight. Which one are you most keen on? Um, I I think tell me this or Matt I Reactor. Both of them have been knocking on the door to win. Um, tell me this. Tell me this is probably. A bit better chance if he can end up close enough to him. If he doesn't end up too far back in the field, which he shouldn't from eight. But um, Matt, I reacted definitely. If he gets the right trip, he's, he's going to be another one that'll be thereabouts. Okay, well, hopefully there's a winner or two for you tonight, along with Paige. Just looking ahead to Saturday night, this mare, she's notorious. You've done a super job with her. Uh, she's very consistent. She's right in the zone at the moment. She's rising in grade uh, with this good form, and uh, this is a tough test on, on Saturday night, but you can't knock her at the moment. No, she's been re racing really well. Um, we we actually weren't going to start her last week. We were going to give her a lighter week, but then they put that mare's race on for her, and um, we we're going to aim her up for this race just because it was in the preferential barrier draw for the mares, and she comes up with barrier two, so and it's only a small field of nine over to twenty one hundred, and that that'd only be the real test because some days she can she can hook onto the bit, but if she relaxes, she'll definitely um, be in it because she's racing unreal like. She ran fifth last start, but she was buried away on the fence. And when she got out, she just flew home and she was in front of them probably 20 in after the line. So she, she's been racing unreal lately. Um, can't really fault her at the moment. Mm. So she's clearly exceeded expectations then? Uh, definitely, definitely. Because um, we originally got her. She was sort of just a Redcliffe horse that we were punching around each week. And she sort of... Won a couple races there at Redcliffe in 56 and 57 and got herself into the triads, um, four-year-old fillies, and we took her there, and she put up a really nice last half. And I said to Paige when we got home, I said, I think this mare's good enough to um, go on a Saturday night. And since then, I think her first Saturday race, she come out and got beat ahead in 53, and then she come out and she won, and she run third and then won another two in a row. So she she definitely exceeded what we thought she could, but... Hopefully she can keep keep getting better. Yeah, well, she's gone 53.7, and uh, she's got earnings just shy of $100,000 now, so uh, she's doing a really good job. Hey, just one quick one uh, in closing. Let's blaze. How far away? Yeah, he um, he. I was actually going to trial him in two weeks' time. I don't 
know if it might be three weeks now because um, we take him out to Marburg to work and I think they might be shutting it for a couple of days to resurface. So that might just set him back a week. But, um, yeah, he's only he's only two or three weeks away. We just wanted to make sure he's 100% fit and ready to go because he isn't in that higher grade. So you sort of you got to have him ready to go straight away because they're not going to run slow in his grade. Yeah, fair enough. I really appreciate the time this morning. Best of luck tonight. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Jonah Hutchison joining us there. So he's got a number of good chances and he's got the mare. She's notorious stepping out on Saturday night at Albion Park. Darren Clayton is online with us now. Darren, good morning. Chris, welcome back. Yeah, good to be back. I've got a lot to talk to you about. So I'll, I'll go through your best bets for Redcliffe tonight. So we'll get that out of the road and then we'll focus on a few other matters. So uh, hit me with your best bet tonight. Yeah, well, I thought... Uh it's good to get a bit of backup there from Ben Battle. I thought race three, horse one, head noise certainly gets every opportunity. Back to gate one, good alley. Um, she's been going all right, probably against stronger opposition. I think this is a little bit of a, a dropping grade for her. And uh, from gate one, oh, oh, sorry, got a little bit tongue-tied there. From gate one, head noise with Nathan Dawson. Uh, he'll be ready to perhaps break that record of Pete McMullins and uh, do the job there. So head noise, the best bet. OK, 2.15 with tab fixed price. That's race three, number one. Anything else on this card tonight that takes your fancy? Yeah, race seven, horse four, purple shades. Um, wide gate last time. Didn't go too bad in the closing stages. He was third. Uh, he was started favourite three runs back. That was a second-line gate. I don't think there's anything uh, overly strong in this race. Tacker's last dance, probably the threat there that you just spoke to Jonah. He's a little bit concerned about where it ends up. I think Purple Shades gets the opportunity. Race seven, horse four. Okay, 360, 160 the plays. What about the quaddies tonight? Have you got some numbers? Yeah, I'm going to play two quaddies, Chris. I think we can go... I'm going to play one just straight off the bat. Uh, in race five, the first leg, I think Chronicles should be too good from gate two. I think it can lead, and I think it will take them all the way. The second leg, number two, Substitute, similar situation. Finally gets a good gate. He's had a, a string of bad gates, and he's getting his way back into form. He was a good third, a couple of runs back uh, at Albion Park, and then he was sitting park last time, not far from So Am I. So he has start 100 tonight. I think he raises the bat in style. The third leg, race seven, my best bet. Going to put number four, or one of the better bets, Purple Shades on top there. And in the final leg, number four, Chasing Dreams. I think she can get forward and capitalise in this race. So just a, a, an easy first up quaddy, straight up 2-2, two, 4-4. Two, four, four. And then the second quaddy I'll be playing, same first three legs. Uh, and then in the in the final leg, just adding in Crime Boss. He was a good winner last week. Number seven, Talking Control. Uh, she'll get a nice trip tucked away and be ready to, to take a shot when a gap presents. And tell me this um, can certainly factor in it as well. So the second quaddy I'll be playing, 2-2-4 two, two, and then 4-5-7-8. OK, so nice and skinny there for the quaddy tonight. First of 10 tonight at Redcliffe, kicking off at 5.20. Now let's get down to business. Uh, I was away for the past fortnight. Noms have closed. First rankings have been released for ID23. Was there any major surprise for you when scanning both the trotters and paces? Uh, I, I think one of the, um, I guess, 
Yeah, the fact that there was no All-Star nominations, I, I found that a little bit... Uh, I don't know whether odd's the right word, but, uh, yeah, just a little bit... Probably disappointing that uh, they didn't have anything. Obviously, they have the New Zealand Cup Carnival and, and whether it just doesn't fit into their schedule or, or what the situation is there. But the fact that, um, you know, one of the biggest stables in Australia or New Zealand and and in depth and quality um, doesn't have any nominations, that's a, a little bit concerning, I thought. Um, the Trotters, I thought the numbers were really strong and uh, great to get some Perth nominations as well and really hope that we can get some of those horses across even though it sort of has their carnival is there around the sort of similar time it'd be good to see them come in as well. Okay. Uh, as far as the rankings were concerned, just believe naturally number one defending champ I cast no shadows, number one defending champ. Any major surprises in the top ten for either gate? Um... I don't think there's any real overall surprises. I think they get plenty of opportunity, so I don't think um, you need to be too concerned early on unless you're sort of right out the back. I think um, as long as you make the field, I don't think it really matters where you are in that top ten. Um, I, well, I guess the concern I do have a little bit, um, just some of the... And I know we need to... Um, sort of give some credence to past winners, but um, if you went on past form, I cast no shadow, perhaps might be lucky to make the top 20, let alone be the number one ranked horse. Now, I know as the defending champion, he gets that right, but um, you just look at his form of late and to have him the number one ranked horse, it sort of throws throws it out a little bit. So, um, you know, that's... But, like I say, he's earned that right by being the, the defending champion. I just think it doesn't look very good when you look at what his form has been in the past six months that he's the number one ranked horse for our flagship race. OK. What about from a local viewpoint? Uh, again, either code here, Paces or Trotters. Was there any sort of surprise with how they were ranked? Um, yeah, no. I, I, th I think ranking-wise, I'm not... Um, I think they all, like I said, I think they all sort of fill in where they sort of, where they get to. Those golden ticket races will be interesting because that will then get them in. Um, yeah, Majestic Trio, like he, he or she, she gets second, um, she's second ranking purely off one of those um, sort of qualifying races. So um, you look at her form, she won the Queensland race, so that gets her in there. Um, you know, some of those others down there. Plymouth Chubb, I think, being number 11. We haven't really seen him return to his best as yet. Um, Funky Monkey in 12. She's been okay. Um, when you look then at Adele at 14, Sugar and Spice 15. Um, yeah, it's certainly... Um, I, th I think it's probably harder to line the trotters up more than anything. But, um, yeah, just I, th I think after the second round, I think you'll see plenty of uh, changes in those rankings. All right. Uh, Saturday night, we're playing host to a very good free-for-all race number four, just the six runners over 2,138 metres. A lot hinges on the results here for both Hot and Treacherous and Leap to Fame. Do you expect either of these horses to be lining up next week in the Group 1 Victoria Cup? Uh... I think Hot and Treacherous is a better chance than Leap to Fame. Uh, I'd love to see them both go down for it. Uh, if that flight can be organised, direct flight, and they were both on it, certainly makes the Victoria Cup a great race. But, um, 
I don't think, um, I guess it just depends how it fits in their overall schedule where it'll be the 14th of October that race. They get two pretty solid lead up races here in Queensland in early November. Um, perhaps if they go down and got a return flight home pretty quickly, well then they could have a, a couple of easy weeks and then into those the, the Queensland Cup, formerly the Gold Coast Cup and the Be Good Johnny Sprint. They've got two pretty solid lead up races, probably what, three weeks prior to the first round of the Inter-Dominion. So, um, you know, it actually might work out okay if, if those flights can be there. But, um, yeah, if they're, if they're not in the lineup, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Okay. Speaking of open class horses here in Brisbane, track record holder is Black Sedans. He had his second trial back yesterday between races. 50.3 he stopped the clock at. He won by over 50 metres in that trial. He cut the mile himself. 27.6, 29.3, 26.6, 27 flat. He's come back well. Yeah, you'd think uh, a race start wouldn't be too far away for him off that effort. Um, well, it was a pretty solid first up effort too. His first trial back, he went 54-1. Um, probably didn't beat, you know, to be fair, none of the his opposition on that occasion were were uh, anywhere near his level. And um, again, same sort of trial. He ran a really fast third quarter. He ran 26-6 in that first trial, and then he's come back yesterday in that one, same, 26-6. So um, he's ready to roll, it would seem. And uh, what he's the, he's the track record holder at 49 and change, and the previous track record was 150.4, so he would have betted that in his trial yesterday. Okay, so he looks like he'll probably start Saturday week, uh, judging by that trial yesterday. So we'll look forward to these free-for-alls uh, between now and December 1. So we spoke with David Brick yesterday. We start with the mile heats on that Friday night. Then we go to the 2,138 on the Tuesday night. We finish with the 2,600 in that final round on the Saturday night. I think that's sort of... That's probably the right structure going, you know, uh, up in distance each and every time because the grand final is going to be run at 2,647 metres. So that's probably the right way to go. And there's every chance being December, um, you know, it's summertime, but they'll, they'll run time. They'll, they'll probably give that track record a real shake. You'd imagine so, especially those first round heats of Friday night. Um, yeah, the only thing would be if we happen to get a... You know, a late afternoon storm, which we can tend to get in that sort of time frame. But um, if the track's on fire, which you'd expect it would be, um, seeing three genuine um, high-quality free-for-all races where normally, you know, where we've seen the track record go in the past, it's the only race of the night. So um, especially with points on the line, those first seats, there's plenty of... Plenty of horses and trainers like to get some early points on the board and, and get out and make a statement early and, and try to capitalise, so uh, that would be good. I guess the in the, the, the other side of that too, Chris, well, the Trotters track record, it could certainly uh, be obliterated as well. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, I've got one for you to follow. You've got to keep an eye out for this horse. Uh, I've been told uh, it's arrived. I think it arrived here Sunday from New Zealand. Joins a stable here that's in good form. They've got one aiming towards the Inter-Dominion series, but they've got a nice young pacer joining their stable. I'll give you his name, Creed. Creed. Okay, we'll keep an eye on him. As in Apollo Creed? That's the one. So, Creed. Okay.
That's the one we've got to follow over the next couple of weeks. Pretty tidy horse that's uh, come uh, across from New Zealand, so he's arrived in good order. And just in closing, uh, the Australian Drivers' Championship. This is going to take place. It's only a couple of weeks away down in Tasmania. It's the first time in a number of years that's been held down in Tasmania. So I think it's Launceston that's playing host to the Australian Drivers' Championship. So this is taking place on October 21, so it is only a couple of weeks away. Uh, the man of the moment, Nathan Dawson, number one driver in the country right now. He's representing Queensland along with Shane Graham. Uh, the, the local reps for Tassie, Mitch Ford, Mark Yole, Victoria, James Herbertson, Ellen Tormey, New South Wales, Josh Gallagher, Grace Pinella, South Australia, Wayne Hill, Ryan Rye Horrock and WA, Gary Hall Jr., Shannon Savalco. Can Nathan Dawson, during this real big year of 2023, claim the Australian Drivers' Championship on top of what he's already achieving with this record-breaking pace that he's sitting in Queensland. Yeah, well, if he gets he gets the right uh, horses and the right barriers, we see these championships quite often the case where you get uh, you know randomly allocated and you all get sort of switched around. If he gets the right horse and the right barrier, um, it would certainly top off his year, that's for sure. And um, the Queensland record, 315 that Pete McMullen set in 2021. Nathan currently on 314. So looking at his drives tonight, um, he'll, he should break that record. If not tonight, then certainly by the end of the week. I think he had 12 winners across the week last week. Um, two winners yesterday. Uh, there's just no stopping him. You just um, put him on and you're guaranteed of, uh, of getting a good result. And that said, from a, from a betting perspective, we're certainly paying the Nathan Dawson tax in plenty of races at the moment. Horses that probably going under the odds purely on the fact of uh, N. Dawson at the reins. Well, just looking at it, 10 races tonight, he's got eight drives. Tomorrow there's uh, eight races. He's got seven drives. Friday, we've got uh, eight races again. It looks like he's got a fairly busy night. Six drives on the eight-race program. Saturday night, we've got 10 at Albion Park. And uh, he's got a number of uh, key bookings there. So it looks like he's going to have at least eight or nine drives there Saturday night. So it's only a matter of time before that record topples this week. Yeah, that's right. And um, I think I think he's on three favourites already, or, or that are already favourite on tab markets tonight. So, um, yeah, certainly could be that. But he's... I think the only thing that's going to beat him is getting giddy the amount of times he's going around. <laughs> hey, Darren, appreciate the time this morning. We'll chat again on Friday morning. I'll get all your thoughts for Albion Park Saturday night. Thanks, Chris.